This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. The rest of the show, the last hour of the show, will now be Zach Wilson free. Does that seem fair? We've done two hours of Zach Wilson jet talk. And and look, you, you want to play the hits, but at some point, much like that hit, it, it just becomes a little bit much. Becomes something that you looked forward to, something that you enjoyed, and uh, at some point it just becomes... Uh, Ear poison. You know what I mean? Like, it just beats you down after a little while. So, I think that the the last hour of the show, we will go Zach Wilson free. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Um, But now, it is that time. Usually on Saturday, I'm on at 3 to 6, and we do a little segment that's called What I Learned This Week on TikTok. So, hit the music there, Tom. Yes, that's the music. You know it. Now, if you're new to the segment, if you're new to this portion of the show... How it works. A little fun little game we have for the people working in the studio this day. That would be Tom and Julian, who are in the hot seats. And how what I learned on TikTok this week works is I will give the guys four pieces of information. Three pieces of information, completely made up. Just made it up out of my own demented little mind. But one of the things is true. And it is something that I learned this week on TikTok. I spend way too much time on that app. And it's not all dancing ladies, people. There's a lot of inf- there's a lot of entertaining things there, a lot of informational things there. So we'll see if um, if Tom and Julian can decipher what is the uh, interesting but um, completely useless, I would say, uh, piece of information that I found out this week. So, Tom, Julian, are you ready, my friends? Let's do this. I've been looking forward to this all day. Well, look, you're the big time now, right? You're on the K show. You're doing the Jet Games, so you have moved beyond uh, our, our 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 view on the Gordon Damer show. But it's good to have you back. It's good to be back with you, Tom. All right, you're going. You're batting leadoff here, Tom. Yeah, why not? I'm feeling uh, confident. All right, here we go. Your four pieces of information are as follows: Number one, in countries that are run by women, men live longer. Number two. The Denver Nuggets mascot, Rocky the Mountain Lion, makes five times the salary of the highest paid WNBA player. Number three, Steve Jobs used to keep his mind sharp by carrying a tape measure with him at all times, and he would challenge himself to correctly guess the length of different objects. And then number four, Canada has a jail for dangerous polar bears. So to give Tom a little time to think about what his answer is going to be, again, to recap for the audience at home, number one, in countries that are run by women, men live longer. Number two, the Denver Nuggets mascot, Rocky the Mountain Lion, makes five times the salary of the highest paid WNBA player. Number three, Steve Jobs used to keep his mind sharp by carrying a tape measure with him at all times and challenge himself to correctly guess the length of different objects. Or number four, Canada has a jail for dangerous polar bears, Tom. Gordon, I've got a question for you. Sure. You said this is going to be an incredibly difficult edition of what I learned yeah. on TikTok in talking. Uh-huh. Well, I think it's going to be entertaining. I don't know if it's difficult. It depends. Mm. To Interesting. Me, it, it, it seems clear cut, but well, that's because I know the information. Well, I also know the information as well that Rocky okay. makes five times more than the uh, highest paid WNBA player, which is sad, but I believe that is the correct answer. You're going to lock it in? Oh, of course I'll lock it in. That is incorrect. No, he makes uh, he makes roughly twice as much. Well, Rocky damn. the Mountain Lion makes like six hundred grand a year. That is a, that's a good gig. Who knew? Now Betty the Bull, I believe he makes almost five times, but no, not quite five times. 
just twice. Okay, yeah, I saw that story on Twitter. I couldn't remember yeah. the number, but yeah. I knew See, I saw that I, story. That's so, how I get you. Yeah, that's, that's a trick. I, I, you got I'm me. Any way to twist the knife, any way I yeah. can. No, I didn't hit the buzzer yet, so I'll do that right now. Yeah. There you go. You got it wrong. All right, so now you have three left. Countries that are run by women, uh, men live longer. Number two now was number three. Steve Jobs used to keep his mind sharp by carrying a tape measure with him at all times and challenging himself to correctly guess the length of different objects. Or number four, Canada has a jail for dangerous polar bears. Now, isn't just a jail for dangerous polar bears a zoo? Isn't that like? Isn't uh, that no, just it's not. Fact? It's not open to the public. I, I would believe. I, ah. I, I don't believe jails are open to the public. Well, I you, guess if you, well, you I, I guess know. if you're visiting, I, well, look, if you really want to go, I always felt like zoos are missing out. Like if you told me at the zoo, like the lions, they're going to eat it this time, and you can come and watch them eat, I would def. That would be the time that I would show up, because you, you generally you go to zoos and it's like the lions are just lying there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lions, no, and I don't lion, mean like lion nice. like they are lions. No, they're obviously lying, but they're they're just, you know, sleeping most of the time. Every once in a while, the tail might move a little bit or something, but not much. But I digress. All right. So I'm not going to go with the zoo answer yet. Okay. I'm going to go with the Steve Jobs answer. Steve that's Jobs. A, that sounds like something he would do. All right. Are you going to lock it in? Why not? Okay. Locked in. No, no, you're 0 for 2. Yeah, no, that's oh, geez. wrong. See, yeah, that's see, I, one. I haven't and done that's this in a while. Somebody I'm else. There was another uh, executive that did that. It was not Steve Jobs, though. So now you're down to uh, two countries that are run by women or uh, polar bears that are locked in jails. See, now I'm trying to think, like, analytically in this situation because I don't know how we could detect mm-hmm. the first answer. Yeah. The second one, though, about the polar bears just seems so absurd. Sure. Well, sometimes that, that's the way to go. Ridiculous. Right? Yeah. You know, that is sometimes the case. I'm going to go with the polar bear answer. You're going to lock it in. I'm not confident, but I'm going to lock it in. Yes, that is correct. Yes, Canada does have a jail for dangerous polar bears. Yeah, would you believe that? I don't, now, I don't know. I don't know if the goal is to rehabilitate them. I don't know if they're just sitting in there for the, the, till the day they die. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know what you have to do to become one. You know, the, the top 10 most wanted polar bears. Yeah, now, do you have a location of this? Because I, I feel like uh, I should Google take a field If you Google it, you trip. can find it. You can definitely find it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. If you, uh, I think it was, uh, what was it, Canada Polar Bear Jail? Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's out there. It's on the, uh, it's, 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 it's out in the public um, information stream. You can find it if you look for it. All right. All right, Julian. Enough time wasted here, my friend. Are you ready? I am. Let's do this. All right, here we go, Julian. Number one, Nicolas Cage, the actor Nicolas Cage, believes that he met Bigfoot. Number two, the Mongolian Navy is made up of just one man. Number three, the creator of the Segway scooter died going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Or number four, after the success of Teddy Roosevelt's teddy bear, toy companies tried to duplicate that success with a possum named after William Taft, without any luck. So the four pieces of information, again, Nicolas Cage believes that he met Bigfoot. Number two, the Mongolian Navy is made up of just one man. Number three, the creator of the Segway died going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Or number four, after the success of Teddy Roosevelt's teddy bear, toy companies tried to duplicate that with a possum named after William Taft. Uh, So number one sounds kind of plausible. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I do know this. Okay. And it's the possum. The possum. You're going to lock that in? Yeah, I'm going to lock that in. 
And that is correct. Yes, they tried to uh, come up with, um, I can't remember what the name of the, uh, was it Billy Possum? I think it was yeah, Billy Possum. Yeah, Billy Possum. Yeah, Billy Possum. Hard to believe that a Billy Possum did not uh, rise to the same level as a teddy bear. So, Oh, very, very impressive, Julian. Right out of the box. Maybe I'm just getting dumber, but uh, the fact that people are getting him right away, not a good sign. All right, well, we got one more for you. You guys can team up on this one as, uh, as per usual. And we'll see if uh, if Julian can keep his hot streak going here. Number one, the Atlantic Ocean is rated on Google Maps and has only gotten 2.6 stars. Number two, the creators of Adidas and Puma were brothers who hated each other. Number three, the S in Ulysses S. Grant stands for shark. Or number four, giraffes are incapable of burping. Uh, number uh, Again, number one, uh, the Atlantic Ocean is rated on Google Maps as only 2.6 stars. Number two, the creators of Adidas and Puma were brothers who hated each other. Number three, the S in Ulysses S. Grant uh, stands for shark. That was his middle name. Or number four, giraffes are incapable of burping. All right, so maybe it's just me, but uh-huh. I want to kind of stick in that zoo theme we had going with my okay. first question. Sure. Now, do I know if a giraffe can actually burp? No. I've never okay. seen a giraffe burp. Right. But I would love to believe that... Oh, wait. You said that they don't burp. They They're are not... incapable. No, they are incapable mm. of burping. Oh, interesting. Well, then I guess my theory would be true. I, I don't know. I'm going to go with the giraffe answer. You're sticking with giraffes no matter what. All right, Julian, Absolutely. what you got, pal? Um. So every time we do a team-up, it usually makes sense to pick a different one. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with number two, Adidas and Puma. Adidas and Puma. Locked in, both uh, of you? Yeah, I'll lock Let's that do one it. in. Well, I'll tell you, one of you is correct. And that would be Julian, yes. The brothers who uh, created Adidas and Puma, they were brothers uh, who uh, hated, despised each other. So much so that when they died, they uh, were buried at opposite ends of the cemetery just so they wouldn't have to be near each other. That is that is hating each other, but uh, very good. Nice job, Julian. We'll have to make sure that you're never on this shift again because uh, I can't be having people get – I mean, that's the point. You know, you want to drag it out a little bit. But there you go, people. That is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now because of this beautiful segment, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I got to pay attention. You know, I'm hosting a show, but, you know, you got all these football games going on. The Giants are going on right now. Giants are on the board. Uh, now trail the Vikings 10-7 as they uh, near halftime. But look, if you're the Giants, you fall behind 10 nothing early on. Uh, the Vikings are the weirdest 11-win team in the history of the NFL. They have to be the weirdest team that has won 11 games. Like, they're coming into the day, they had a point differential of two. Two points. Usually that would tell you, ah, that's probably like a 500 team. Maybe they got lucky here or there. But, no, they're 11-3. and three, So they're the weirdest 11-win uh, team that you will ever see. But Giants fall behind, give up a touchdown early on. Vikings added a field goal to make it 10-0. But the Giants, a little while ago, they get a touchdown to themselves. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, hooking up with uh, was it Isaiah Hodgins uh, for for seven yards. So uh, back in the game, and, and this kind of you know when the Giants win games, this is like kind of the script, right? They they might fall behind early, sometimes by double digits, but they kind of muck up the game and and make it uh, you know a one score game, and then out execute the other team down the stretch. 
So we'll see if that uh, turns out to be the case as they are nearing halftime there with the Giants. They still have the ball here, uh, second quarter. I also should tell you, football fans, it is not too late to sign up for Cover 5. It's a free-to-play pick'em game for season-long fun and compete against your friends, your rivals, and your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. Now, all you do, it's very simple. You pick five games every week, and the best score against the spread wins 100 bucks. So join the uh, 98.7 ESPN League with code NY22 on the Cover 5 app and Cover5.com. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. And I can tell you, even if you sign up now, right, you only got a couple of weeks here to maybe have a shot at the money. But the good news is that in terms of you, if you signed up right now and you just did okay, you just weren't like the worst. If you, as long as you're not like the Zach Wilson of uh, Cover 5, you will finish well ahead of most of the hosts on this station. We all signed up before the season. We all, you know, signed up and, and made our picks throughout the course of the season. Some of us, I think uh, it looks like they've given up, but I don't know that they have per se. Uh, but it looks that way. And if you just signed up right now, even if you didn't win the money, you would be able to say, and it's all tracked on the app, where all the hosts are, that you did better than almost all the hosts in the station. Now, I don't know that you're going to catch Don LaGreca. Don LaGreca right now, of the hosts, is in first place. I'm, I'm very disappointed by this. Because for most of the season, I was leading the charge by a good amount, too. But I've squandered that opportunity here uh, the last couple of weeks. No, No question about it. But Don is in first place. I'm in second place. And really, I mean, you have to spin the wheel. You know, like that wheel that they have on the Wheel of Fortune where you, you, you reach up you, and you really spin it really hard. You, that's what you have to do to find the rest of the hosts on our station. So really, it's, it's, a, it's a battle between Don LaGreca and I to see who will uh, end up finishing first. Don right now is in 102nd place. I'm in 156th. That might sound like ridiculous. Why you well, we have like 1,700 people in the group, so it's still pretty good. And again, I'm not about beating the regular folks. They're the ones competing for the cash. It's not about that. I just want to be the best host on the station. And, and, part, and trust me, uh, if I don't, this is the last you'll hear of it. If you do, you'll be hearing about it all 2023. And uh, just so you know, my picks this week, not great so far. I'm not going to lie to you. I took the Bengals, which that one's looking okay. I took the Vikings. That's really out, uh, clearly still to be decided there. I don't know how that's going to turn out. My pick of the week is the Green Bay Packers. Packers on the cover five app are getting five and a half against Miami. Dolphins have certainly fallen on hard times. And, and this game is, is pretty much whether or not they're going to make the playoffs. Like the playoff odds, if they can simply win this game, jump dramatically now, it doesn't guarantee anything. Dolphins can obviously screw it up at any point. They have proven that time and time again. And really, the next big uh, December performance the Dolphins have will, it will be the first one in a very, very long time. But according to most of the playoff odds right now, Dolphins, I believe, are at like 75%, somewhere in the 70% range. If they simply beat Green Bay tomorrow, it jumps into almost the 90% range. And then you basically just have to get one of two either against New England or against the Jets. If they lost against New England and beat the Jets, it would be up to 95%, even if they lost to New England. So they have to split the last two and win tomorrow, which tells you all you need to know. Dolphins will not win tomorrow. 
they will lose that game tomorrow, and I feel very confident, especially getting uh, five and a half points. And if they were to lose tomorrow, their their playoff odds drop into like the 60% range and uh, steadily falling. And and look, how many teams make the playoffs that have a four-game losing streak down the stretch of the season? So you can take or leave most of my picks when it comes to the, fu- the Cover 5 app. That one, that one's a lock. That one, I, I feel very confident about that one. Uh, that uh, that one's gonna that one's gonna land. Take my pain and help you make some money. And and one good thing that I did today, I avoided that Lions game because that that seemed like a trap. There was there were several games this week that seemed like a trap, and that's part of the battle. Is like what line does not make sense? What game seems too easy? Right, the Lions minus two against Carolina that seemed too easy. Carolina's blowing them out, running the ball up and down, run, running the ball up one side and down the other. The Cincinnati game, that one seemed like a trap, but at least so far, Cincinnati up 15-0 on the, on the, on the Patriots, who I, I think you were wondering, how are they going to recover from that play against the Raiders a week ago? At least so far, they have not. And it does kind of feel like the Patriots are, um, are kind of toast. Like, they've had a very weird year. Now, look, they've won some games, but I think a lot of their success has come from uh, playing bad teams and uh, their, their absolute mastery of just crushing Zach Wilson. Uh, I mean, that's two wins right there. So uh, we'll see if the Bengals can. I mean, the Bengals seem like a team right now that is peaking at the right time, at least so far. I think they've won six in a row coming into today. Joe Burrow has certainly put himself into the MVP conversation. And with the the injury now to uh, the Eagles quarterback, it seems like he might even jump him. Mahomes is the overwhelming favorite, at least on the betting lines, to uh, be named MVP this year. So we'll see if Joe Burrow can keep that up and the Bengals can keep that up but when you really like every year like the NFL has their format okay this many teams are going to make the playoffs but just because you make the playoffs yes you're technically a playoff team but it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to to look at all the teams and saying oh they have a real shot if, in the AFC this year you'd say the Bills have a shot you'd say the Chiefs have a shot and you'd say the Bengals have a shot everybody else who makes the playoffs I don't know really that they have a shot to go to uh, go to the Super Bowl. Anything can happen, sure, but I mean those three teams, I would think in the AFC are going to to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And then the NFC, it really feels like it's an Eagles or Vi- uh, excuse me, Eagles or Niners uh, spot to lose. It feels like there are five teams this year that are the clear cut favorites. Yeah, maybe the Cowboys. Much like the Dolphins talking about uh, the next big December performance. You know, Cowboys always seem to to slip up in the playoffs. Uh, so I don't really have a whole lot of faith there. The Giants getting to the playoffs, that is uh, an amazing feat of its own. But I don't really expect much noise from them. As I said, the Vikings, they're a very weird team this year. Uh, the Bucks, if it's them, if it's the Panthers, whoever is the NFC South, they don't belong in the playoffs. It's just that you have to have seven teams. You have to have somebody from that division. So they can go, uh, but I don't, I don't really expect much noise there. It seems pretty clear-cut this year. Five, there's five teams that it, it seems like are ahead of the field when you're talking about who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. All right, so coming up, let's get into the Yankees a little bit because uh, they've had some stuff happen this week, obviously with the, uh, the naming of Aaron Judge as the new captain and, and everything that um, they've done so far and what they still need to do. And uh, it's clear that they still have some work to do. And plus, we'll try and see if we can get an update on what's going on with the Mets and Carlos Correa because the deal has suddenly gone sideways, people. 
Not what you want to see. Well, not at least if you're a Met fan. So we'll get into that too. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Look, I think the Giants have to feel pretty good after the way things started there. They've they've been able to, to kind of keep uh, Justin Jefferson in check so far. Five catches, 60 yards in the first half, which... Look, five, you know, you, you do the double numbers, right? Ten catches for 120 yards. There's a lot, that's a, a lot of production, but no touchdowns so far. So they've done a decent job there. And uh, their offense really struggled to start the game. I, I know they punted on the first couple of drives there, uh, but uh, finally get the uh, Daniel Jones touchdown pass. So 10-7 Vikings as they go to the half. And I think the, uh, the Giants get the ball first. Uh, yeah, I think the Giants get the ball coming out at the – of at halftime, and uh, we'll see if they can get something rolling there as they try and pick up a win. One, a game that I don't think that you went into thinking, oh, clearly they don't have to have this one. I think that next week the, the Indianapolis game is the one that you have to have. You want to get to nine wins, and you'll feel good about where you're at. But look, if you can somehow pull off a win against a Viking team that might be 11-3 and three, but clearly is a bit of a paper tiger, and, and the blueprint for the Giants is pretty clear, right? You keep the game close throughout, and then fourth quarter, you out-execute the other team. We'll see if they can get back to that and kind of put that 1-4-1 that one, and one stretch kind of behind them. It felt like that 1-4-1 one, and one stretch was going to be the death nail. It felt like the luck was starting to run out for the Giants. But little did we know about the NFL officials uh, last week. I mean, they completely botched the end of that Giants-Commanders game. They completely tilted the, the, the result of that game based on their decisions in that game. And, and you can be upset at it. You can be frustrated by it. You can't be surprised. If you sit and watch NFL games every single week, you cannot possibly be surprised at missed calls each and every week. It happens. It tilts the results of these games. That's why gambling on these games is like, like to think that even when you get games right, that uh, that you knew what was going to happen because there is that complete wild card of just bad officiating. And pass interference, at this point, pass interference is a complete crapshoot. It's like going on a game show and spinning a wheel and you just see what comes up because there are clear-cut examples every single game of, of plays that you would say, well, that, I mean, the guy is pulling his arm, like the, the Washington game, he's, he's all over the guy. He's pulling his arm down. He's there before the ball gets there, and nothing is called. And then there's other times where the, the defender is just simply, you know, on the receiver really close or has his arm wrapped. It's not impeding the receiver from doing anything, but yet that will get called. So I, I don't know what the, the answer is in terms of pass interference. I think you just have to simplify the call so that it's a little bit more uniform from week to week, but... Um, really expect that to happen when it comes to the NFL. So again, uh, I'm sure that there will be some new outrage this week about uh, whatever bad calls are made. And as you get closer to the playoffs, those calls are, are more impactful. No question about it. You know, all of a sudden, if you call that, that pass interference like it should have been called or you don't flag uh, Terry McLaurin for lining up uh, off, you know, the, not in the right spot in that, that play previously, who knows how the things go. And uh, but the Giants take advantage. There, there have been bad calls, I'm sure, against the Giants. I think that there was uh, one time, you know, that one call that they called. Uh, what was it taunting in the first matchup or something like that? So they, it, I'm not saying that they have an ulterior motive or that it's it's uh, it's rigged or anything like that. But you cannot be surprised that there's bad calls in the NFL because if you watch with any regularity, you see them week in 
and week out. All right, but I did want to get to the baseball some and not just the Carlos Correa thing because uh, that now seems like it's a little bit of limbo. Now, the reports that we've seen so far is that the deal is not dead, but the fact that tweets are being put out there that, well, the deal's not dead means that I would have to think if you're saying after, uh, you know, having the deal be made public that you've come to contract with, with Carlos Correa, that now you also are having concerns about his medicals and you're now trying to work through it, there has to be at least the possibility that you're not able to work through it. And I don't know what, um, what would be working through it. When Scott Boris is the agent that you're negotiating with, I would think that, uh, and he's, he's said on the record, well, there's no, there's no current issue with, the, with Carlos. And you went to the Mets and you got a deal done. I don't know how you can now back out of that deal, even though I would think that it's not the type of thing that he's going to fail a physical over. And who knows, if we all of a sudden start finding out that the twins are sniffing around the situation, uh, maybe, maybe that is the possibility. But uh, it was a very big week for Met fans. It was a very big week for the Yankees with the announcement of, um, with Aaron Judge. And the one thing that I did want to touch on was, you know, that Steve Cohn makes this deal with Carlos Correa, which is now kind of seems like it's hanging in the balance. But even if it does go through, if it doesn't go through, the screams and yells about Steve Cohen all of a sudden being bad for baseball. I, again, who exactly are we talking about? When you say bad for baseball, you're saying the sport of baseball? Because the sport of baseball, the owners are the ones that rule the game. It's their game. They own the game. And if it, is tur- if it does turn out that Steve Cohen is bad for baseball, uh, they have no one to blame but themselves. This is not uh, a game of, uh, of risk or, or stratego where, where Steve Cohen uh, stormed the gates and, and took over a property. He was invited in. He bought the, the franchise. And the owners voted. They, they literally had a vote to let this man into the game. And what he's doing now is not a surprise. Not, no one anywhere is saying, wow, I can't believe Steve Cohen is spending all this money. The moment that he was named as a possibility, Met fans were jumping for joy because they knew, hey, after the Wilpons, now we're going to have the richest owner in the sport. He's going to go out there and spend money hand over fist. And that's it's been exactly what he's done. It hasn't been a surprise. It wasn't like out of nowhere, wait a second, Steve Cohen is spending all this. No, you knew that this was going to be. And, and the people that we're talking about, if you're saying it's bad for the owners, or that this is going to cause a lockout, well, then the owners have only themselves to blame. This was always going to be the blueprint of what he was going to do. So it, it can't. You, when you say it's bad for baseball, it can't be that it's bad for the owners because they, they're the ones that did it to themselves, and they can't be shocked that this is what's happening. So I'm assuming they, they had to foresee that. These are very smart businessmen who allowed Steve Cohen into the group. So it's not bad for them. It's not... Well, it might be bad for fans of other teams, but here's the thing. The, the Reds fans or the Orioles fans, or the Marlins fans, or the Pirates fans, they were never going to be able to compete with whoever was atop the food chain. Now, maybe now with Steve Cohen spending half a billion dollars, it becomes even more remote. It was already remote. It was already pretty, it, it's, it's only fractions of a degree more remote than when, you know, before Steve Cohen came along. 
The Reds were not competing. The Orioles, it's great they had a nice year this year, but have not competed for a very long time. The Marlins' salaries are what they are. The Pirates' budget is what it is. So uh, to put that, their failures, and, and other teams that should be spending money and aren't. I mean, the Red Sox are a prime example of that. So you can't really put that one on Steve Cohen either. It's the format that is there. Uh, he's taking advantage of it. Good for him. We'll see if it works. If it does work, maybe that will shake some other owners to, to start saying, you know what, I'm a millionaire. I'm a billionaire. I can start spending more money than I am that maybe it's not prudent, uh, financially prudent to be doing so. But if it ends up I want to win, Steve Cohen wants to win. And he thinks that this is the best path forward. Now, whether or not it works, that's complete. I mean, baseball has shown you before, just because you spend money doesn't mean you will be successful. But that's his plan, and he's going with it, and, and he can afford to go with it. So even if it turns out the Carlos Correa deal does not work out like you had thought it was going to, and, and you're stuck signing this guy who might not be what you thought he was going to be, given the way that they have thrown him around money this offseason – uh, I don't think that it's going to have the impact of another team. Like, you know, you, you, when you have that amount of money, you can, you can work around your mistakes. We've seen the Yankees do that in the past where they might sign a player and it doesn't work out and they, they, they uh, you know, trade them off to some other team, send some money that way, and they buy their way out of their mistakes. That might end up being the way that Steve Cohen has gone about it, especially when you take a look at, you know, they've signed some short-term contracts, but this, this Correa one, that's a pretty long-term deal. So I don't think that the fans should be any more upset than they already were if you're a fan of one of these teams that are not spending money. So I just don't know when, when people say, oh, it's really bad for baseball or this is going to be uh, – the result of this is going to be terrible for the game. It's, it's already what has had happened in the game. So to put that on Steve Cohen as if he's the, 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 the cause of it, it just seems kind of far-fetched. And it just seems like a convenient um, excuse to put it on him when this was already the case anyway. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. And then you have the Yankees who uh, they, they keep telling you, you know, we still have work to do. The press conference for Aaron Judge, they made it clear, you know, these are the moves we've made, but we still have work to do. And I think it's clear by now, if you're a Yankee fan, what area that is that they still have work to do. Um, it looks pretty clear that shortstop is going to be a competition with some of the young guys, Peraza and Cabrera. Third base, while they'll say that Josh Donaldson is their third baseman, I think that's primarily because nobody else wants Josh Donaldson to be their third base. If, if somebody were to come to them and say, you know what, we're really interested in Josh Donaldson, we'll take him off your hands, uh, I think the Yankees would be more than happy to do so, and it just shows you even more so that that deal last year that has to go on the list of the worst moves made under Brian Cashman in the 25 years that he's been uh, running the organization. So if Donaldson's going to be at third, primarily, and the shortstop competition is going to be what it is, if you're going to improve the offense in any way, that improvement has to come in left field. And, and much like we've talked about with other positions and other teams, like you can't go into next year doing this or that. The Jets can't go into next year uh, with Zach Wilson being their quarterback. Left field cannot be the type of thing with the Yankees where Aaron Hicks is going into the season as your primary left fielder. I mean, you just can't have it if you're a championship-level team. And I will grant you, you know, you're not going to be able to fix everything the way the fans want you to fix it, right? You're not going to go out and get a third baseman at this point. The shortstop competition is going to be what it is. But there's no way 
any fan should be willing to sit and say, you know what, left field, let's try it out again with Aaron Hicks because we've been down that road multiple times. The dude cannot stay healthy, and last year clearly has not produced. Uh, he had that one year. It was great. It, it, it really was a, a boost, and he looked like, you know, a part of the future, center field, good arm, good glove, all these type of things, some power, some good patience at the plate. But that ship has clearly sailed at this point. So hopefully the Yankees do go out and, and find something in left field, but it does feel like the options are narrowing. And when you, you just kind of look at what the game plan has been for the Yankees the last couple of years, I don't get a great hope that something big is going to happen. Maybe it's a tweak here or there, but the idea that, that you know Brian Reynolds is going to be the piece or some big trade is going to be coming down the pike, I hope I'm wrong. But that's not generally the Yankees' blueprint. The blueprint is you make your moves in the offseason, and they always have a big move in the offseason pretty much. This year, Judge, a couple of years ago, obviously, it was Garrett Cole. Uh, but then it is, let's wait until the season starts. Let's see what position we're in, and then we'll make our, make our move at the trade deadline. It was that way this past year. It was that way two years ago when you, you brought in Rizzo and Gallo. And it feels like that's the way that they're going to go. They'll go into the season. They'll see what the trade market is. They'll run some things out in left field, be it Cabrera, be it Hicks sometimes. Maybe Stanton gets a little start there, here or there. It's been a revolving door the last couple of years for sure. Um, but that's the way that it looks like that the Yankees are going to go. And I hope, I hope again, I always hope that I'm wrong. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show. Coming up, we'll wrap things up on the phones. We'll check in on the Giant game. Lots to do as we lead into Larry Hardesty coming up at 3, only here on 98.7 FM, the all-new ESPN New York app. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. And uh, we, we spent a lot of the show today talking about the Jets. And one of the, the, the things I said before was when you're watching, especially Thursday night, there's certain stories that come along every once in a while. And I, I heard this description once uh, about Michael Jackson. I can't remember who it was that said it, but uh, they would say that, you know, every couple of years you'd, you'd look at and, and see what was going on with Michael Jackson before he passed away and would say, man, he can't get any weirder. And then, you know, a couple of years down the road, he would. And uh, with the Jets, it's like every time you think, well, it can't get any worse than this. can't be any worse. This is rock bottom. Somehow, generally, they do find a way to make things worse. Now, I'm not ready to say that this is what's going to end up happening, but, you know, just kind of taking a look at the, uh, the NFL scoreboard today. And uh, I see, you know, one of the big surprises is uh, the Panthers just crushing the Detroit Lions. Last check, 31-7, Carolina. And uh, now it's primarily been their, their rushing attack. They've run for, I think, 250 yards, 260 yards so far. But I did notice that uh, Sam Darnold, so far today against the, uh, the Lions' uh, defense, 11 of 16, 178, and a touchdown. Quarterback rating of 126. Now, I don't think that one game is enough for you to have regrets and it's, it's much like uh, the, the, the Zach Wilson thing. Like, do you think that Sam Darnold ever would have done that here? I think he, he had plenty of opportunities to do it and uh, was not able to, and he needed a fresh start. Now, I don't even know if this is a fresh start. It's one game, uh, and I'm not ready to say that this means anything moving forward. But given the Jets aspect of the story, if you were ever to have a situation where it did turn out, it does feel like... Uh, the Jets might be 
might be part of that. Might be part of that. As far as the Giants are concerned, again, this was not a game that I was going to be shocked if the Giants went into Minnesota and won because even though Minnesota has the record that they do, they're not as good as that record indicates. And um, so far, Giants having the game go exactly how they want. Now, I don't know that you'd exactly want them to fall behind by 10, but it's been proven so far this year that has not been an issue for them. They fell behind 10-0 early on, now 10-10 as they play in a third quarter there. So the Giants trying to uh, move a little closer. And uh, certainly that's good news for them there. And uh, the fact the Lions are losing, I would think, is, uh, is good news for the Giants as well. All good stuff. Everything coming up big blue down uh, the stretch of the season. And there's one other thing that I did want to touch on. It was announced during the week that um, the Sunday ticket, we've known for a while here that the Sunday ticket is uh, going to be uh, moving away from DirecTV, which uh, to uh, many people was a delight. You know, DirecTV had the monopoly on the drug of choice for NFL fans, and that was not just the red zone, not just little snippets of your game, but if you are a fan of an out-of-town team, you were forced to put the satellite dish on your house and <laughs> weather the storms, quite literally, that any time that it rained, you knew it was gonna, uh, you were going to lose a TV service. But now that those games are going to a streaming service, they'll be going to, uh, I guess it's YouTube. And uh, we'll see what the, the price is going to be for that. Uh, I will say two things. A, I will, I will miss it. Uh, I will not miss DirecTV. And I don't know how DirecTV plans to, uh, to stay in business. I've heard some people say that it's, <laughs> it's next to impossible to, uh, to cancel your service with DirecTV. I don't know if that's uh, going to be an actual issue. I would think that they're going to have to drastically reduce their rates to kind of keep customers. But I will miss being able to know for sure. You know, with streaming, they've tried to, the, the, a couple of years ago, DirecTV had a streaming service with the NFL games that if you lived in an area that you could not get DirecTV because of the, the, where your house was pointed or tree coverage or whatnot, they did have a service where you could log on to your computer and watch the games. And I can tell you from personal experience, it was a disaster. Now, streaming has greatly improved from then that point, and I'm hoping that that's not going to be the case. But what would happen back then was, first quarter of the game, you would log, you know, you'd log on, and and you'd probably get on okay, no problem. But as the games came down to halftime, or especially at the end of the game, trying to log on to that sir, it was like Mission Impossible. It was like trying to find the dark web, uh, trying to log on to those games. So hopefully that's not going to be the case here. Uh, but uh, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll miss. Um, I'll miss those games on Sunday Ticket, even though, yes, of course, there were, there were clear issues with the service. The fact that they'd have the four games on the TV, you couldn't pick what games you wanted on the TV. The fact that they had those giant banners making the games smaller. Yes, I'm not telling you that it was all perfect, but I will miss. And, uh, you know, sometimes the devil you know is, uh, is the better choice. It's the better way to go. But... Um, I will miss it, and then who knows what will end up happening with, uh, with Sunday Ticket now that it's heading to uh, YouTube and Google and, and everything else. And, and I'm sure there will be issues there as well, but um, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, you know, having a nice NFL Sunday of just going downstairs, and you knew it was going to be – it was going to work as, as long as there wasn't any rain. Sometimes the rain was a little – sometimes when you change the channel, you'd have to wait five seconds for the – I'm not saying there weren't issues. There were clear issues, but – 
Sometimes the devil, you know, it's always good to say, oh, it's, it, it's going to be better the other place. It's always going to be better with the next option, right? After the Jets turned away from Sam Dar, it's going to be better with this guy. Didn't turn out to be the case. Didn't turn out to be good. Now, Tom and Julian, uh, I would just like to say Merry Christmas to both you guys. Happy holidays. You have big plans for the rest of the day now? Uh, I'm probably going to go home and sleep, to be honest. That might right. be my big game plan. I had to get up at like 4.30 this morning, so... Uh... Yeah, I might be taking a nap. Otherwise, besides uh, avoiding hypothermia, I'll just probably right, stay yeah, in with the a family. Little, it's a little chilly out there. I had to take the garbage out last night. Ooh, that was it was a weird day. It was like 50 degrees in the morning. Yeah. yeah. It just kept uh, When kept I got dropping. to my car last night, Gordon, there was frost inside my car on my windows. That's how bad it was. That's not good. That's not good insulation, I don't believe. I don't know much about insulation, but I don't believe the frost is supposed to be inside the car. No, and that car didn't start this morning either, so... Uh, it, it's not, it hasn't been a good you've 24 hours for Tom's car. overcome your technical difficulties, and you've done an amazing job this afternoon. Oh, thank you. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for today. It's going to do it for me for uh, 2022. I'm off uh, for the next week, but uh, I will be back. Fingers crossed. No, I will be back uh, before too long. And, of course, coming up next is the great Larry Hardesty. He will keep you up to date on all the latest with the Giant game, but also – all the latest with Carlos Correa. I can't wait until uh, to hear Larry's reaction to this Carlos Correa thing. Oh, my goodness. For, for long-suffering Met fans, you thought these days were over. But apparently they've just begun. So Larry's coming up next. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody out there. And we will see you next year. 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.